Church Houston, we're glad you made it out on today. Why don't you go ahead and greet the person near you one more time. Tell them that you're glad that they made it. And let's go ahead and be seated and get into today's message. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 30 through 31. We're still continuing on in our series of We Are the Righteous. And we've been talking about this for several weeks, and we're going to continue to talk about it until we just exhaust everything the Holy Spirit wants to share with us. As we say that title, We Are the Righteous, I'm reminded of all the people who do not know that. I'm reminded of all the people who do not believe that. Now, what does it mean to be righteous? That simply means I am right with God. Amen? What does it mean to be righteous? I am right with God. Now, many people will hear that and say, well, I'm wrong with God because of the sin I just committed last night. I'm wrong with God because of what I did last week. I'm wrong with God because of that thing I stole or that thing I said or that thing I took or, or that, 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 that um, attitude I had in my heart. I'm wrong with God because I have yet to get that right with him. And that's how many of us have been taught all these years in the church, but that's an incorrect way of understanding your righteousness. You are righteous not by your works. You're righteous by what Jesus did on the cross. And I'm going to show you a few scriptures in that and we're going to move forward. Because the enemy wants you to doubt your righteousness. Because if he can get you to be stuck at the righteousness stage of your life as a Christian, you'll never get to the manifestation of grace. And you'll certainly never get to the point that you're willing to share your faith with others. See, that's ultimately what the devil doesn't want. He doesn't, it's not just about you not walking in the blessing. The last thing he wants you to do with your blessed self is start going and spreading the good news of the gospel with others. And if we're doubting whether we're right with God or if we're putting all these conditions that aren't in the word on being right with God, then we will find ourselves never leading people to him. Amen? So the first thing I want to tell you today is you are righteous, and the second thing is, there is no righteousness, though, without Christ. There is no righteousness without Christ. Let's look at uh, the scripture, and we'll look at this in a few different versions. It says, but of him, let's read this together. Ready? Read. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Verse 31. That according as it is, as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now, this is not to embarrass anybody, but I want you guys to play along with me real quick. Now, who understands exactly what that means? Okay, now, look around. It's like two of us. Okay, this is why it's okay to look at various translations of the Bible. Okay, because I'm, I'm saying that on purpose because some people feel like if you don't read the King James, then you ain't reading the Word. And I'm like, all these people reading the King James and half of us don't know what it's saying. So there are other translations 
in the Word of God that breaks the Word down even more so you can rightly divide and interpret properly what it's saying. Remember, the King James Version was written in an, in an Elizabethan language. We don't speak like that anymore. So sometimes if you just try to read that and understand it, I don't know about you, but, you can, but sometimes I'll be kind of confused. And I'm like, what is it talking about? He that glorieth, glorieth in the Lord. And I'm like, I, what does that mean? So you look at the other translations to better understand that. Amen? So let's look at one translation. It's a good one called the New Living Translation. And we'll go back to verse 30 and we'll read this uh, again. And then we'll look at the Amplified, which is another good one. It says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. That makes sense. So God has united me with Christ Jesus. There's a lot just in that alone. Who does the uniting? Is it me? No, no, no. This is God, the Father, who joins me with Christ Jesus. Did you know, if you're a believer in this room, you're not trying to be like Jesus. You're already united with Jesus. You're not trying to achieve Jesus. You have Jesus. Not because of all how good you are, but simply because it's what God has done. So God has united you with Christ Jesus. Why? For our benefit, God made him. Again, who's doing the work here? It's God. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. Wait a minute. So God united me with Christ. And then God made Christ all wisdom. And then Christ, he's now doing work. He's the one who makes me right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. What did I do? I said, what did I do? So all of a sudden, all this teaching that I've had all, all these years that says in order for me to be right with God, I got to do this, 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 and this, that's actually not correct. That's correct under an old covenant that was put into place and given to Jewish people by God. But when the new covenant came, who can tell me when the new covenant went to effect? After the death of Jesus. So once Jesus died and his blood was shed, he made us righteous and, as, as a, as, and he fulfilled the law and therefore that old covenant was no longer in effect. And to try to live by your works is to try to live in the old covenant. And if you choose to try to live in the old covenant, you're then saying I don't believe in the new one and therefore I don't believe in what Jesus did. And we've had this thing backwards this whole time. Now, I'm not making this up. You just read what I read. Who makes you righteous? Who makes you righteous? Christ. Christ makes you righteous. It's important that you get that because he's the one who went up on the cross. His blood was shed. His blood was the only blood that was worthy of the sacrifice. He was the only one who lived without sin. He was the only, that's what the law said. The law said you had to live completely without sin. He's the only one who did that, and then he became the sacrifice for all men, and if you are aware of the old covenant practices, there had to be a sin offering that was made once a year for a person who sinned, but it had to be done by a priest. And the priest had to be worthy, and then he had to have uh, the pure blood of a diff they had different animals, and you would have to have the pure blood of that and do a sin sacrifice. Well, then Jesus, what he became was the 
human sacrifice with pure blood for us once and for all, but Jesus was also the great high priest. So he was the priest and the sacrifice. And then when he went up on that cross, it says, he who knew no sin became sin for us all. He took all your sin on his back. He took all your sin on his shoulders. Now, some people say, I, I believe that, but I still need to make sure that every time I sin, I get it right with God. Because if I don't, then I'm going to go to hell. Anybody been taught that before? I have two. The problem with that line of thinking is, what you're saying is, every time I sin, my sin becomes greater than the blood. Honey, I know what you did was really bad, but nothing's strong enough to cancel out the blood. That's why you see people weeping when they hear about grace. That's why you see people just on their knees when they begin to think about the love of God, that no matter how bad the thing was that I did, his blood still cleanses. That's goodness that we don't deserve. That's goodness that we can't earn, but it's goodness that you got, baby, whether you like it or not. So you might as well just enjoy the goodness of God. It's Christ who makes us right with God. It is also Christ who makes you pure. You've been trying to purify yourself forever. And it's not quite working out, right? You keep making mistakes, right? That's because you're not the purifier he is. He's the one who makes you holy. He's the one who freed you from sin. Don't sit here and think that just because you still have issues in certain areas of your life that you're just in bondage to sin. No, 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 no. You're free. What you need to realize is, is that you need to spend time with the Holy Spirit so your mind can be renewed and you can lose the taste for those things. If you do not spend time with God and the things of God, it'll be very difficult to produce the fruit of the Spirit out of your life. He's in there, but your mind gets in the way. I heard Andrew Womack say something a couple of weeks ago in the Grace Life Convention. He said, you can't be tempted by anything that doesn't interest you. And if you don't change, now here's, here's, here's the part we got to do. If I don't make Jesus Lord of my life, I can be saved, but if I don't make him Lord of my life in the sense of I'm going to choose God the way you want to do things. I'm going to be around the stuff you say I should be around and the stuff you say I should not be around. I'm going to let that stuff go. Why? Because that stuff is going to affect what I'm interested in. Doesn't affect your love for me. You still love me. But it is going to actively affect what I'm attracted to. And it's going to affect what I'm repelled from. If I spend all this time with stuff in the world, certain music, certain activities, certain this, that, and the other, and I spend all my time in that, guess what? I'm not going to have a taste for the things of God. So I won't be tempted by the things of God, but I'll be tempted by the things of the world. God didn't do that to me. I chose that all by myself. And if no one teaches me that and I don't understand that, I'll think I have a sin problem. And it's not that I have a sin problem. I have a choosing problem. I'm choosing to connect myself to certain things on a regular basis. And that's what becomes my regular diet. And I wonder why is that what comes out of me? Whatever you're putting in, 
that's what's going to come out. God's not going to get in the way of your personal diet choices. He's going to say, I'm going to tell you what to eat. I'm going to tell you what to do. But, but you have your choice. Because for me to take away your free will and your choice would, would be for God to make you then a, a slave to him in that sense. No, he wants your worship to be a choice. So if you're dealing with sin and even though you're saved, I want to tell you it's not that you're not saved. It's that you haven't chosen to make his desires your desires. And the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit can go to work transforming you on the inside. Let me show you that real quick and then we'll come back to this. I'll go to Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified. Because I think it's important that you see who's the transformer, just so you don't have room for the enemy to doubt this. Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified. Dos. Spy. Yes. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but what? Read that with me. Let God transform you into who? What is that? That's a different version of the Amplified. Yeah, go back to where y'all was just at. Oh. Okay, this one has it too in it. Uh, so do not be for. <laughs> don't, don't copy the behavior. We'll do this one and then we'll go back to that. Five. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let who? God. God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. You just figured out how to get out of sin action as a believer. Number one, trust God. He's my transformer. I said trust God. He's my transformer. I know you were taught trust your works and work your way out of it, but that doesn't work. You've been trying that all your life. God is the transformer. Go to God and say, here's my issue, Lord. Transform me. You're already delivered. That's what the blood of Jesus did. But to see it manifested, your part is to believe in God more than you believe in your ability. But let God transform you into a new person. And here's how he does it. He changes the way you think about weed. He changes the way you think about sex outside of marriage. He changes the way you think about cheating on your taxes. He changes the way you think about being with somebody else's spouse. He changes the way you think. That he, that, that's what he does. He doesn't condemn you because there's now, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So he's not going to condemn you, but he will convince you that what's happening is, is you don't believe me, that's why you're with somebody else's spouse. You don't believe me for your finances, that's why you're cheating for $1,000 on your taxes. Your kid's gone. And you got all them kids on your tag. Them ain't your kids. <laughs> but, but the only reason why I would do that is because I don't trust God for that extra little two, three, four thousand dollars to come in. So my unbelief in him is resulting in bad thinking, which is resulting in sin actions, and I need his help. So as I go to him and start spending time with him, he begins to change the way I think. 
And before you know it, people look at me and say, something different about you. I am being transformed into a new person by God. So I don't do the things I used to do. I don't go all the places I used to go. I'm not saying we can't have fun as believers. Don't interpret what I'm saying as that. What I am saying is, is there are some, some things that we do that are developing the appetites that we have that if we would turn ourselves fully over to God, there would be a transformation that would take place. It says then, then, that's a time word. Once you've done that, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. There are people all over this room and all over this world trying to figure out, what's God's purpose for my life? You'll never know his purpose until you get in line with his mindset. You'll never know his purpose until you get in line with his way. His purpose for your life is found in his way for your life. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good for you pleasing to him and perfect for your life. So again, sin is not an issue for the believer. Your sin is not an issue for you to be saved and it does not have to be an issue for your everyday living. If you understand that, say amen. 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 Okay, now, let's go, uh, uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30. We were on the New Living Translation, right? Okay, verse 30, and then we'll go to 31 in the, in the NLT. Now, we're, we're, we're leading this all up to somewhere because it's important that we get these pieces as we're getting there. Uh, verse 31. It says, therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast what? Only about the Lord. Now, remember, we were just reading that Jesus is the one who makes us righteous. And it's nothing we can do. Jesus makes us righteous. Uh, God made him wisdom. Jesus makes us pure and holy. And what he's saying is, is there's nothing for you and I to do. Therefore, there's nothing for us to brag about. Only thing you can do is brag on how good God is. That's all, that's all you should be bragging, bragging about. Not what seminary you went to and, and how many folks you, you got saved and how many classes you, you, you completed in the discipleship class at your church and, and how many da 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 No, 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 no. Only thing you can boast about is in how good God is. Uh, let's read these same two scriptures in the Amplified, just, uh, just to see all that it says. So who's, who makes me righteous? Christ. Who sent him? Okay. What's my job? <laughs> so I say nothing. Yes, nothing for works at all, but to believe. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 30 says, but... It is, him, it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God. He revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness. See, don't feel bad if you hadn't seen this before. It, it, it is hidden from a lot of us until we learn it and see it. But Christ has now been revealed. So there's no need to continue to walk with blinders on, amen? So, but it says here, he's been revealed, he was previously hidden and he's been revealed as our righteousness, thus making us upright. That word just simply means you're now right with God. We used to be wrong, now we're all right with him, amen? Upright and putting us in right standing with God. We used to be in wrong standing, now we're in right standing by what Jesus did. 
in our consecration, is who he is, making us pure and holy, and our redemption. What does it mean when you redeem something? It's a buyback. He provided our ransom from eternal penalty of sin. See, this is why it's important to look at a few different translations because the NLT, it didn't give us all this detail. So now I see that not only am I right with God, but one of the benefits of what Christ did, I no longer have to pay the price for my sins. What's the eternal penalty for sin? Yeah, that's a little bit more immediate. What's the eternal penalty for sin? Yeah, oh, y'all scared to say it. That other word. Uh, yeah, hell. Hell is the eternal penalty for sin. Your bail was paid. Not only that, the fine was paid. Not only that, the sentence was served. There is nothing to be paid for your sins. If Christ is my redemption and he's already provided the ransom for my sins, why am I trying to pay the price every day of my life that I make a mistake? Why am I allowing other people to put that on me? Anytime, yeah, yes, yeah, it's human nature. Anytime somebody tries to make me feel bad for my sin, you need to remind yourself and remind them while you're at it, that price is paid. Now, if you're a kid in here, don't say that to your parents. You might get smacked in the face. But uh, <laughs> you ain't supposed to do that, mama. That price is paid. You know, uh, don't, yeah, don't do that. But the truth is, it's still the truth, though. The, the penalty, the price has been paid. The price has been paid. So I don't have to, what's the point I'm getting at? I don't have to waste all my time trying to repay what Jesus has already paid. Most of us put probably 90% of our effort in being a Christian and trying to make sure we're perfect with God and that we're paying the price. And you've wasted 90% of your life on doing what Jesus has already done. When God has other plans for you. If you understand that, say amen. 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 So, Jesus makes righteousness available to me and all I got to do is believe. That's the bottom line. All we got to do is believe. Go to a Romans 5, 1 through 2. And uh, we'll go back to the NLT, and we'll hang out in the NLT for a little bit here as we uh, kind of go through this, because we're still just really recapping. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Somebody asked me uh, not too long ago, was like, how come sometimes you repeat, you know, uh, some of these things? It's like it's, it's new stuff you get out of it every time, but also repetition is a key for success. You know, the last thing you want to do is treat the gospel of grace like a summer school class. You know what I mean? I don't know if you, especially those who've been in college, I, I, I did all my good work in summer school. I shouldn't probably brag on that, but I did. All right, because why? Because everything was just crammed into real quick. There's no distractions. I could just knock it out. But man, when I was in those regular everyday classes, it took discipline, it took studying, it took time, but also you get a greater understanding, you get deeper roots on the topics. Because now ask me right now, what those summer school classes covered, I don't know, I learned enough to get my A or my B and that was it. But in the ones I actually sat down and spent time with and we went over stuff and we mold over it, that's where the roots take, amen? Amen, so Romans chapter five, we're gonna look at verse one. 
And uh, then we'll also look at verse 2. It says, therefore, since we have been what? Made right in God's sight. God sees you right. He sees you, but he sees you right. For some of y'all, that's the message y'all right there. God sees you right, not wrong. Since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. If I was at war with God and not peace, I would have something to be afraid of, wouldn't I? But I am not wrong with God. I am not in opposition to God. I am not at war with God. I am at peace with God. Therefore, I don't need to be afraid of God. When you're afraid of God, you're not willing to come to him to talk to him. When you're afraid of God, you're not willing to really fully trust him because you think he might do something that may cause you pain. But when you know I have nothing to fear from God and I have peace, you're willing to go to God and ask for help in that time of trouble. You're willing to boldly come to that throne of grace and stay there, as one translation says, because you can trust God. So this is all because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Verse 2. Because of our, what, what's that? Faith. Christ has brought us into this place, and I love this, of undeserved privilege. You stand in a place of undeserved, undeserved privilege. You stand in a place that you don't deserve to be. So enjoy it. And by the way, don't be mad at the others who also stand there. Wait a minute. That cousin just got saved who did you wrong back in the day and this, that, and the other. They stand in the same place that your saved self has been standing for 30 years, and it's okay. Some people, it's hard for them to receive this because it's hard for them to think of other people who have hurt them having the same opportunity. Don't allow unforgiveness to stop you from receiving what God has made available to you. No, Lord, there has to be some rules to this. There has to be some qualifications because they did me wrong. Can I talk about it today? Because they molested me, because they raped me, because they, they did these things, uh, because they lied on me, because they got me fired, because they cheated me. Because you have to get them, Lord. So because of that, there has to be rules on this thing. And you don't realize that that's stopping you from receiving your righteousness, walking in and receiving your righteousness. Because now you're trying to put those same parameters on yourself. Don't allow somebody's foolish, sinful behavior to stop you from understanding what forgiveness truly is. You're forgiven. And I got hard things for you to swallow today. So are they. So are they. Christ died for us all. That doesn't make any of what they did right. But you have to understand, you have to release that now. You have to turn that truly over to God so that he can heal you and you can fully continue to walk out your relationship with him. I don't know who that's for, but, but receive that today because that will hold you back from being able to forgive others, from being able to walk and love yourself, and then to, from, from you even be able to, being able to receive fully what God has done for you. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. 
When is that? When is that referring to? Remember, it's not deep. When, though it says where we now stand, now is a time word. So when is that referring to? When is now referred to? Yeah, now is now. <laughs> you stand in, in that place right now. Right now, you stand in a place where you are right with God. But again, you don't know what I did. Does that change your stance? Does that change your position in God? Maybe there's some renewing of the mind that does need to happen. Maybe there's some forgiving that, forgiveness that you need to give the other. All those things still probably need to take place, but it doesn't change your position. And that's what we've been taught for. The minute we got something we got to go get right or do, that all of a sudden we're out of our position of righteousness. No, you're standing in that position. It's just important for you to recognize it so that you can go get help with forgiving that person, so that you can go get help with changing the way you think. Amen? It says, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. This is just to cover the folks who uh, may have the questions um, about, but what about sin? Are you saying we can just sin and get away with it? No, definitely not saying that. Are y'all getting hot? I'm seeing a lot of people fanning in here. Uh, so, and I don't think it's like hot flashes because uh, I'm getting, and I got the lights on me, but you know, let's just be sensitive to that. Amen? First uh, <laughs> John 2, 1. says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. So nowhere in the world is we saying promote sin. But I love how the word of God is always all-inclusive. I'm writing this to you so you don't sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ. The one who is truly righteous. So even if I do make a mistake, I still can say, thank you, Jesus, for being my advocate. I believe in you. Don't let anybody make you think that you're no good concerning God because you make a mistake, because you fall short, because you're dealing with an issue. I got news for you. There's not a person in this room, including me, who ain't dealing with an issue. Did he just say that? I absolutely said it because it's time we start telling the truth in church. How are we lying in church all the time? Yeah. Trying to act like we got it all together. You may not have the same issue I got and I may not have the same issue you got, but we all got an issue. For you not to have something that you've dealt with or are dealing with would then make you God. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's been moments and periods where I've gone long periods of time without doing any sin that I'm aware of. But as a human being, how many of you guys know eventually something happens? And we've lived our lives as, as Christians of trying to achieve this, I don't know, this nirvana or this thing of where I am now perfect and I no longer sin at all. I'm saying that's fantastic and that's great. And, and, and we all should be striving to not live a life of sin. I'm not saying that. But if you make a mistake, you have an advocate. If you make a mistake, you have the perfect lawyer. If you make a mistake, you have the perfect representative. 
I don't know about you, but when I find myself failing, I'm dialing his number and saying, I need your help. Uh, I need you to plead this case. Uh, I did really good for three, four years, but here I am again, and I know you have a record of not losing a case, so I need you to stand on my behalf, and you know I'm no good, so I need your righteousness to cover me in this case. Jesus, you got me? He said, you know, I already got you 2,000 years ago. This case is already won. That's what that's talking about. Verse 2. He himself is he himself is he himself not you he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins this is what I was telling you about the other people but the sins of all the world see as a pastor, I'm going to say this because I think it absolutely has to be said. Some people have a problem with talking about things that are in the media and all that type of stuff. I don't care. I'm going to say what's the word so you don't have to be out here confused uh, on what does the word say. Here's the deal. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your gender is. Jesus died to cover, sorry, to wash away your sin. So I, as a believer, as a Christian, need to treat everyone under that same respect and understanding. And anyone who does not do that is not walking in the love of God. Period. And that's what we need to understand. We need to stop playing all these games. And, and, and just be honest, if something's not right, it's not right. If, if something is right, it is right, period. There's, there's no, no other discussion. But what we're doing is we're allowing things to be convoluted and mixed and blurred, and we're taking this for that, and it's just bottom line, because uh, I put something on my page, and it was this guy named Kadir Nelson who, um, who painted this awesome uh, painting, and it had every ethnicity uh, that you can think of that represented America, but right in the middle, it had this uh, Muslim lady with like a neon green hijab uh, on, the little covering of her head. And uh, one of my Christian friends got on there and said, what are you saying? First of all, <laughs> I said, I'm saying that this is all of our country and we're all home. And to tell anybody to go somewhere else, that ain't God's love. I don't care what your religion is. All of us are Christ, or, sorry, all of us are God's creation. And the last time I checked, my Bible said all creation is waiting to see the manifestation of the sons of God. Creation is waiting to see the children show up so that they can become children. So the last thing I want to do is treat any creation like they're not worthy to be his children. I don't care that you got something on your head. I don't care that you call God Allah. I don't care that you believe in Buddhism or whatever like that. I don't even care your sexual orientation because here's the deal. God still loves you. Jesus still died for your sins. Now, if I can stand up and be the example of love to you, then you would come on over as representing one of his children, and then he will transform you. He will change your desires. He will take the, 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 the femininity out of you. He'll take the, 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 I don't know what you call the girls, or he'll take the roughness out of you. He'll, you know, he'll, 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 he'll do all of that. Amen? That's not my job. My job is not to worry about that. 
My job is to believe. And then my job is to then lead others to believe in him. When did we become the fixers? You can't fix you. So how are you trying to fix everybody else? No. Be the son. Be the daughter. Be the hand of love. And then lead them to him. And then let him do the changing. And that's how the kingdom operates. And America needs to get to kingdom operation. You want to make America great again? Make America operate by the kingdom. See, some people don't like that. Oh, here we go with that political stuff. You need to understand something. I, 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 don't, I don't care if you lead a church off of this, uh, but you need to understand something. I heard Michael Smith say this, and it was one of the most profound things that I had heard about the starting of our country. He said, do you think that the forefathers were 100% Holy Spirit led and driven when they wrote the Constitution and did all the stuff that they did? Some of them had slaves. Some of them had different that, this, that, that, and the other. You can't tell me that all that was based off of God. But you say that out loud to some people, they lose their minds. And you say, listen, I'm showing you what the word says, I'm showing you what they did, it doesn't line up. So just because something was right back then doesn't mean it's still right now. If that's the case, then 90% of us who are in this room wouldn't even be sitting here with what we got. So we need to stop playing these games especially the Facebook warriors that are out there. Somebody was trying to correct me on something. I had a, a family member who put something out there uh, about this, uh, you know, go back home. And I was like, hey, that's racist, bottom line, period. So you got a black member in your family. You need to be more sensitive to that. Period, I don't care how you feel about it. You bold enough to put it out there, but be bold enough to say it. Then also as a pastor, I have an obligation to also make sure, like my, my pulpit doesn't stop here. I'm not a pastor just here. Now, I ain't going to be all up in your business, but it was like, okay, you know, I look up to you too. I'm black. My kids are black. <laughs> That's not cool. And so this person gets on there. Well, you know, in, in, uh, what'd she say? Uh, how you perceive something affects uh, how you see it. It was something deep, she said. And then she started quoting scriptures about how God is God and how we need to pray. I said, yeah, all is finished under the finished works of Jesus. However, this is family. So it's my nice way of saying, so butt out. But then she kept going. And I was like, listen, you got to be careful to not try to use spiritual things to hide wrong. I said, that's the religious way. And that's why people in this world don't want to hear about anything we got to say about being the righteousness of God. They don't want to hear anything what we got to say about grace because they're watching the body of Christ right now with this ridiculous infighting because we can't decide what's racism, what's wrong, what ain't right, uh, what's fornication, what's adultery, what's whatever's good for this guy ain't good for this. We can't decide on just the Bible. And it's time that we cut that crap out because these guys are watching us. If you don't know, that's our teens. 
and we're confusing, I almost cussed, we're confusing the heck out of them. And we're confusing the world. They're watching us. We're supposed to be America. We're supposed to be built on the principles of God. And now we're calling fornication and adultery and child molestation and sex trafficking and, 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 and um, uh, hatred uh, to immigrants and all this stuff. We're calling this stuff, and racism, we're calling this stuff okay for the sake of a vote? You don't think God knows other ways to get Supreme Court folks voted in? Or you don't think he knows another way to get abortion dealt with for a vote? And I'm not picking no sides here. Understand what I'm saying? Because I told somebody the other day, I said, we need to be careful. And, I'm, and I'm, I, will, I will say this directly. My conservative family needs to be careful because while trying to guard what is right now, you don't see what's coming. I've seen in the spirit some stuff that's coming. If you allow this level of perversion, you better be ready for the next one that comes into office that wants to sleep with little boys in front of everybody. Because you let this be right, now you gotta let that be right. And that's what the enemy is going after. He's playing the long game. He wants perversion to come in so that he can twist the whole thing. And it's not government's job to stand up and say something, it's the body of Christ's job. That's why we have to know who we are. That's why we have to know that we're the righteousness of God. That's why we have to know that it's not about the behavior issues and all that. So you can get up and then get out there because some of y'all are called to be in those arenas. But the devil got you all tied up in sin issues. That ain't an issue. And you've got a passion for this stuff. It is only inside of you, but you're holding back. And while you're holding back, stuck looking at yourself, Everything's falling apart around about you. You got all this to say about it, but you can't do nothing because Holy Spirit's not led you yet on where to go and what to do. Well, he's trying, but you can't hear him. So guys, it's time out. And the last thing we'll ever be as a church where you don't know what the truth on something is. Always go back to the word. And I don't care if it's Democrat. I don't care if it's Republican. I don't care if it's Independent. I don't care if it's Green Party. People ask, well, what are you? I'm me. And I follow the Holy Spirit, and I look at the Word. But I need you to understand, your elected government official is elected for the entire nation, or the entire city, or the entire, so they gotta consider everyone. And so for you to then get upset when they actually do their job and consider everybody, if they get up there and only do it one way, that's a dictatorship. Our job is to be salt in the nation of America to where the will of the people will be the will of God. But we're tripping because the politician can't push the will of God on everybody. That's not their job. We're supposed to be out there doing that so that the entire district is a district of God and then they elect a person of God who can then do the will of the people because the will of the people is the will of God. But you have so many places where the will of the people is not the will of the God because it's not the will of God because the church is not doing its job. So all this other stuff is getting in there. And then that person who probably is a Christian is now stuck with, well, I, I want to do this because this is what I know we should do. But I got a whole sector who believe in this God or this thing, so I got to consider this. 
And then we sit up there and balk at it. No, how about we get out and start winning some souls? How about we get out and start spreading the gospel of grace? How about we get out and start talking about how Jesus did this and the only thing you have to do is believe? And we, we cut all this work crap out. We cut all this stuff about you got to dress perfectly on Sunday. That's why we dress in the way we dress. Don't, don't tell me I look better in a suit. I look fine the way I am. Why are you looking at me like that anyway? I think I'm going to buy you a suit. Don't buy me no suit. Because that's creating bondage in people's lives. And somebody come, well, he, he wearing that, so now I got to wear that. And if I don't got that, and mine ain't shiny like his, then something's wrong with me. No. Let's go out and do what we were designed to do so that our nation can look like it's supposed to look. And that ain't got nothing to do with ethnicity. That ain't got nothing to do with, with that other stuff. It's a nation who operates by the kingdom of God principles. We are one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for some of us, for the black folk, for the white folk, for the Hispanics, for the Asians, for whatever other ethnicity I, I didn't include, it's for all of us. But it's one nation, they definitely got this right, under God. I didn't mean for this to become a, whatever you call that, uh, <laughs> lesson, but we got to start merging this thing together the right way. And now it's time for us to get out there and share with them this good news, amen? What was that? Uh, all the sins of the world. <laughs> and that's what this is for. Verse 3. Get ready to close up. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Now, that's not saying, it didn't say we can be sure we're saved if we obey his commandments. Because then some people read that and try to put the works back in. See, there it is. If you do right, then you'll know. No, no, no. You know him. I've spent time with him. He's Lord of my life because I do what he says. But that comes after I get saved. So we got to read the word for exactly what it is. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Let's go to Romans 3, 9. And we'll read this chunk of scripture and we'll kind of close out in this area. Romans 3, 9. And uh, we'll go down, we're going to go down a little far. It says, well then, uh, go back to that. Well then, should we conclude uh, that we Jews are better than others? Did you know the Bible already took care of racism? It says, no, not at all. Or I should say grace took care of racism. No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. Verse 10, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. Verse 11, no one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. Good Lord. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. 
They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. To whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show the entire world that it's guilty before God. Did you just read that? Here you are trying to live by the law, but the law exists to show you your sin, not to transform you. The law exists to show you that you need God. Verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Period. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Is that in the Bible? Okay. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. That's good news right there. That's, by the way, that's the gospel right there. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously. What did it cost? Because it was free. Freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus. That's why we give him his props. When he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they do what? Believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead. Somebody, why didn't Abraham get in trouble? Why didn't, because you know Abraham was there, they were all sinning. Before Moses and before there was a law, go back and read your Bible and see what, they were making mistake after mistake after mistake. And people were like, well, why didn't they get in trouble? Because God was so good that he was like, I got something that's going to cover your sins. Good God Almighty. Let me tell you why that's important. Because some people will say, well, when Jesus died, he only covered the sins of that time. This scripture disproves that. It says that the blood of Jesus was powerful enough to reach way back into the past and cleanse all those guys of their sins. And I got good news for you. It was also able to reach way ahead in the future and take care of yours too. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. How should I live? Being fair and just. Live, treat people how he treated you. And he declares sinners to now be right in his sight 
What's the requirement? Just believe in Jesus. You believe in all that that we just said Jesus did. Verse 27. Can we boast? Can we brag is another word for that? Then, that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal, there was a case that came against you, but it was acquitted, is not based on obeying the law. It's not based on your works. It's not based on what you do. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through what? Faith. And not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself. Did you see that? He, he did this whole thing by himself. He said, I can't let man get in on this one again. Last time I let them in on it back in the garden, it didn't work out. So I'm going to do this by myself because I love them so much. He makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or whether they're Gentiles. And that's why I made that argument I made to you earlier of I need to look at everybody, bringing this back to today. Everybody in this nation, everybody in this world, I need to look at them with these eyes because we've been called to the world. We've been called to the world. Let me show you this real quick, just so you'll have it. So we have over here, uh, let's, let's do it this way. We have over here Jesus. We have over here Moses. Moses brought forth what? The law. The law deals with me working in order to be blessed. Jesus didn't bring the law. He is indeed grace. And I don't work for grace. What do I have to do? I believe. I used to get paddles for my handwriting uh, in school. You see that it didn't take. Um, so here, and I need you to understand that while the Old Testament all contains the law, we're talking about the actual law that Moses gave, the 613 commandments. So instead of now being under the law, we just wear that the law is what shows me my sin. The law should push me to realize that I need a savior. I cannot do this on my own. I absolutely need some help. And thank God he's provided that help who is Jesus. So all I now need to do is not work for it, but to believe. This way is the old way and is no longer in effect for the believer. And as a result, I no longer have to work to be blessed. All I got to do is believe. I made the righteousness of God, and I am blessed. So to try to continue to operate by this would be error. You, you're never going to achieve this. 
But here's the deal. He's already died, been rose, seated at the right hand of the Father. Your blessing has already been secured. So why would I continue to try to work for something that he's already given? The choice I need us to make today is a simple one. I am going to choose to believe in what Jesus did. It's done. It's like me telling you I bought you a million dollar house and you out right now trying to find a $2,000 apartment. I'm like, it's, it's done. It's finished. All you have to do is accept the keys. Some of you say, well, I'm saved, but, but, but are, you, are you living in line with the gospel of grace? All you got to do is accept the keys. But what about what I might do tomorrow? Don't worry about that. We're going to trust God with your today, your yesterday, and your tomorrow. The issue is, is just get in with him and receive all that he has. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for all of that. Well, I guess there's going to be a part 10 on Wednesday. <laughs> Just keep walking through this. Uh, are you getting something out of this, though? Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, it's getting better and better and better every time. Um, so, Father God, we just thank you for the word that we've heard on today. We thank you, and we receive and believe in your grace. Uh, Lord, we thank you right now uh, for all that you have done. And we just commit ourselves 100% to your will, your way for our lives. We set down now the law and we choose to walk as your righteous. And Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for the victory that comes as a result of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise.